Oh, all right. Hey, <laughs> yep. BG here. What's going on? New ring on the brain. Happy to be here. Got the shirt on too. Let's we'll go ahead and get it in. Y'all know it's real. Yo, when the orange is on, it's happening. So, yes, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of this wrinkle that is supposed to be happening to our brains. And what's beautiful is I have so much evidence. <laughs> Everyone who knows me on Facebook, I know y'all been mad. Y'all been thinking a lot of different things about me, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm having fun. I've actually been, I've, I've been laughing more than I've been crying, tell you that. Um, but no, let me just clear some stuff up. Number one, not a Trumper. All right. I'm not, I'm not MAGA. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not these labels. I'm not a, I'm not a BLM. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm black, but I mean, I'm not lesbian, gay or anything like that. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we, we've been told all these acronyms, all these acronyms, we've given all these names, all these words, a lot of new data. We have to slow down. We, we're, we're just going on a really bad path here. And I'm not Democrat either. I, I'm not, I'm not, plain and simple, I didn't vote, okay? I didn't vote. I felt it would have made me biased in journalism. If I'm doing something to be having a journalistic type of take, hey, I got something to say to y'all. Hey, y'all, I, I got this data, homie. You need, you need what I got. If I'm going to tell you what I think you need or information I believe you don't have, then I'm like, yo, you should have this. If I'm sharing that, I can't be skewed and say, oh, I, I voted for this, but I'm telling you blah, blah, blah. Who am I to do that? Who At that point, if I voted, if I voted at all, everything I'm saying is 100% on, you, you, you can't, you can't substantiate it. You, you can't, there's no substance in what I'm saying if I have a side to play in some type of political game. I don't. I don't have any side to play in this political game. I'm not part of this game. I'm not even in it. That's kind of why it angers people that I'm not just jumping on ship. Hey, well, y'all said, all right, cool. Or, hey, hey, well, the news said, so hey. Well, hey. No, I'm not doing it. High-pitched fart. <laughs> Do the count. Uh, I need someone to do the count of the high-pitched farts. There's going to be a lot of them. We're going to have fun today. I'm, again, I'm laughing more than I'm crying, guys. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm having a great time. I really do love right, what, right, what's happening around the world right now. I love it. Uh, for those who are watching in other countries, thank you for the follows. OMG. Saw it. Um, UK? Stand up. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Um, check out my Spotify numbers. You know, uh, uh, I don't know if anyone else has said it like this, but I'm going to say it. Spotify gives you a, uh, a W-2 uh, of, like, like of what you could be making, but they tell you like, hey, so he, here's your numbers. Here's what you reached, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, you probably got one yourself. You go to Spotify and you pull it up and pull up this kind of W-2 thing, like all these facts of what you've listened to, what's dope, what's cool, all that good stuff. Anyway, long story short, I'm making lists. Oh my God, I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you all for the love. Thank you for the listens. Um, keep on sharing it over there too. I really want to cover what's happening in France. If I have anybody in France that has any information on the ground, any anybody who's out there who sees what's going on, and it's been going on for a long time, and I really want to cover some more of that. Um, 
London, anyone in London, UK, all y'all, like, hey, if you got information on the ground, please send that my way. We'll be doing a new segment on that pretty soon, actually. We're going to be doing a lot of awesome stuff, new location, new visuals. It's going to be beautiful stuff. We're, 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 we're definitely on the come up. So anyway, back to business. So <clears throat> I've been waiting to do this. I kind of didn't want to do this, but I kind of have to do this. So I'm like, ah, ain't no one else going to do it, so I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm all about that. And if ain't no one else going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm that type of dude. So let's make this happen. I think Jordan might be joining us. So let's go ahead and pop that into. I mean, we can make this work. I think it'll be cool. And what I want to do, again, it's really simple stuff. I'm not going to go too crazy. I'm, I want to show both sides of it because I really did have to, like, do some homework a little bit. I had to had to make sure my facts were right. I didn't want to come at y'all with, like, some craziness, some, something that's just outlandish and it doesn't make sense. Um, if it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to do it. And for me, a lot of things, the the picture don't fit right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like, it, like it, I mean, and think think about where I'm at. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not voting for anybody. I, I'm I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. People don't want to talk, you know, politics right now. But guess what? Let's get politics out the way. I know y'all talked about it on Thanksgiving. Guess what? I heard it, everything. Mm. Y'all people want to act like y'all didn't talk politics. People did. People went ham. People went hard. A lot of people probably lost family and friends, just like myself. But here's the best part. No one's wrong here. No one's wrong. No one's wrong. No one's wrong. No one's wrong. We're just all pointing out what may be awry, what may be uh, askew, if you will. One second. One second. He doesn't know yet, but we're going to have fun. And what I want to do, again, this is all LARP session. This is a LARP. Oh, I'm going to tell him to. It's a LARP session. Live action role play. Let's have fun. So you saw it too. I did it. No one can say I didn't do it. I did it. Get out of my face. So here's what we're going to do. LARP session. L-A-R-P. LARP session. LARP sessions. Okay, cool. Here's what happens in a LARP session. Anything can happen in a LARP session. <laughs> For all of my crazy friends who play D&D, uh, 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 Magic the Gathering, anything that's uh, mystical, magical uh, gameplay, cards, dice, whatever, have your fun, do what you want. <clears throat> all of these games have the same motif. And, and I had to think about it. What is the tie-in for all of these different games, right? All of these games, it's Magic the Gathering, anything that has mystical creatures, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, online games, RPGs. What is that? What, what is that? It is playing the hero story. Okay. Hmm. 
me, Joseph Campbell, know a lot about the author, Joseph Campbell. Same name, no relation, white guy. He wrote a whole bunch of books. You should check out those books. Now, as I check out those books, hmm, it turns out there's a lot more that ties into where 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 we fit in. Uh, I don't want to move too much because it plays with the thing. Where we fit in into this paradigm. There's there's a control mechanism. There has to be some uh, in, in the hero story. There's always uh, uh, a a a a focal point, a focal person that that focal character has trials and tribulations. That focal character will have things that go astray from the from the plan, and eventually the 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 leader that should be is very clearly understood among all. Not, this is not me talking. This is another Joseph Campbell talking. You know but um, anyway, BG. So check it out. Check this out. BG here, new ring on the brain. Here's what I want to think. Here's what I'm thinking. Live session. Let's go crazy. Let's get a little weird. Let's think about hmm, mind control. Yes, mind control. Is it possible? Is it real? Kind of been confirmed already. Those who do the ufology, you know, talking about MK Ultra. We already there. So let's. Jump a lot of steps. If you haven't understood MK Ultra yet, I did some videos about that before. I'll do some new ones just to clarify if I need to. But ultimately, understand that we are mentally at war. Like kind of literally, like we're like, literally mentally at war right now. And <clears throat> the question is, what is the narrative of right now? Now, I I <laughs> I want to. Pull, I'll pull back a little bit. What is the narrative right now? Oh, it's hard to explain. No, no, it's not. It's pretty simple. We're being played. Either way. Either way you want to go, you're being played. Here's a question. Here's an easy one. <clears throat> Just for us to dip our toes into what's about to happen. We can do this another way. Very, a very simple thought process, right? I used to ask, what is the question of, what, I'm sorry, what is the sound of now? You know, what is the music? What is the, the musical thing that's right now? What is right now? What is what, what is now? And I would always get wild answers at the time when I was asking. But thinking about the times in which I asked, yeah, these were hits on the radio. Yes, these were things that were played multiple times. What stuck? What what was the one? What was the one undeniable? The the one that's like, oh, man, we can play it whatever you want. You can just play, you can play, you can put it on right now and sound popping. The sound of now, and I was asking this in 2019, put that in, put that in perspective. This is before the COVID, before everything went crazy. Um, I was asking that question right, right around the end of 20, 2019 into 2020, and I have a beautiful answer now. Um, for you, I'm going to ask you and kind of leave it to you. What do you believe was the sound of 2019 going into 2020? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you simmer on that because... I'm going to have something awesome to say. Beautiful tangent. It's going to be crazy. You're not going to see it coming. <laughs> You're not going to see it coming. But again, question. In 2019 to 2020 to right now, like 20, 2019, all of 2019, the whole year 2019 up until right now, what is the musical sound of now? What is the musical sound of right now? I'm going to give you guys a minute. 
I'll even put on some music for you, for y'all to think, because you know what? 2020 and 2019 have done two things for me. It's shown me that nature doesn't give a fuck. Nature gives no fucks at all. Like, there's just no fucks given. <laughs> Give me one second. So, <laughs> when when it comes to this year, I was like, wow, there's been a lot of a lot of a lot of loss when it comes to like iconic figures. You know, we kind of lost some big names this year, man. It's pretty pretty fucked up, and we lost Alex Trebek. So when I ask a question, and I want someone to think about it, <laughs> I always have that. That, that Jeopardy music in the background, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that, that the, when it's the daily double, not not the full daily double, but just the, you know, the 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 build up. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the hold on, this one. It's definitely this one. All right. <clears throat> Yep, <laughs> that's the one. All right, all right. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you guys some time and think about the question one more time. And um, while we think about the question, we will play a little bit of this right here. One second. All right. So again, here's the question. Real simple. What is the sound of 2019, the whole year 2019, up until right now? What is the sound, the, mu the musical sound? What is the musical sound 2019 to right now? You can choose a genre. You can choose a, a band. You can choose a song. I'll give you all of the above. I'll give you my answer, but I want you guys to make your own. So what is it? What is it? Again, we'll just a quick thought process, and then we're going to get into the LARP session. Thought process question What is the sound from all of 2019 up until right now? What is the musical sound of that time frame? You can go ahead, think about it. P. Alex Trebek. Go ahead and send me your answers. You can send all of your answers to the comment section below on YouTube. You can send the comment sections to Facebook. You, I think I think it's this way. I'll point this way and something should be here. Here. I don't know. We'll, 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 make, we'll make all that stuff work. And <laughs> for the most part, comment, share, like, subscribe. That's your question for the day. That's your little thought process. Use that thought process. Have fun with it. But that's the best part. Every answer is correct. Not anyone's wrong. Um, you know, whatever your answer was, cool, awesome. Thank you. Again, comment, share, like, subscribe. Put it in the comment section. Toss it in. Toss it in the Facebook. Send it to me in a DM. I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. 
sound of right now, 2019 to right now, what is my answer? My answer, very easy. 2019 to right now, very simple, is country music. Country music did something crazy. We normally have seen eh, some crossover artists, crossover artists, right? You know, people who, oh, hey, all of a sudden, here's a country album all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. When Nelly did it, Nelly kind of mm, call it a flop if you choose to. Call it whatever you want. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a bad look. So, you know, I think this year, the sound, the musical sound of 2019 up until now, country music, here's why I think just putting this song out there, you let me know if I'm wrong or not. Put put comment, like I said, comment, share, like, subscribe. Put the stuff, put the stuff in the in the Facebook. Have fun with it. Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey. If I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> if I'm 100% incorrect, let me know. But I'm telling you, Tennessee Whiskey, Chris Stapleton. Even though he kind of bit it from from Etta James, and we'll talk about that in a different video, but he nailed it. Tennessee whiskey. He almost had, you know, almost a almost a Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray Vaughan almost intro because he starts on a on a ba like like it's a four ba and it's the first hit. Beautiful shit, beautiful, beautiful. But but the thing is, when you think about that song, it's iconic immediately going to be a hit, immediately going to stick around for a long time. That that song is going to be around for a long, long time. Um, when it comes to like, what's that dumb one with uh, 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 Billy Ray Cyrus, that piece of shit, Old Town Road, yeah, it's not going to stick. It was a hit. It was huge. It was a big, huge song. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's in that time frame. Hey, that's the sound of now. No, here's why. It's not gonna stick. It's not gonna stay around. That song has been cheesed out, BS'd, and pretty much once a kids' bop version comes out of your music, you're kind of, I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> now again, Chris Stapleton too. His, I'm sure he's there's probably a kid bop version right now. <laughs> and they keep it all nice and whatnot. It's like kids and shit. Okay, but I mean seriously, I think, I think that's the sound of the times. That's the sound of right now but we're all going to be manipulated and told what to like um because remember in the same time frame cardi b won rapper best female rapper ever got like an accommodation type of thing where like she's the best ever we live in wild times. So, <clears throat> all right, LARP session. L-A-R-P, LARP session. LARP sessions, live action role play. Doesn't mean anything I'm saying is true. It just means a lot of what I'm saying might coincide with factual stuff. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's find out what happens. But um, took some notes. I got some, I got some, got some data. Got some data here. And um, it was pretty simple to make this work. But... It, it's like pointing at stars, like like in my background, you know, the background, you know, I'm pointing at the stars, and I'm like, hey, what's that? What's that one? What's that? What's that? And when you put them all together, you know, you start building stuff, these these stars in the background. Even though this background is not really here, but I'm still going to look at it. 
Okay, you want to put you want to put these dots together. These dots sh should be together somehow. I don't know how do we put all the dots together. I had fun putting all this together. <laughs> I had a couple people online that probably didn't feel too good. So sorry. Um, thank you to Daniel Talamantes. Thank you to Ian. Whatever fuck you go by on Facebook, I ain't gonna say your shit because shit's fucked up. But uh, <laughs> you know. But all y'all, you know, we had back and forth. We had DMs. We had conversations. I mean, it got sometimes it got heated. Um, oh, to homie Jace, Jace Walker. Uh, yo, sorry about that time, that thing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we'll, we'll fix that relationship at another time. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. I appreciate the love. I, I appreciate the passion. Passion is, is the word I'll use. And... <laughs> I, you know, we're still friends. I'm, I'm sure we're all okay. I'm sure we'll all be fine. But I want to show everyone kind of what's been going on, not just with myself. I'm sure with you as well. Everyone's having this happen. There's a lot of brainwashing going on, but I'm going to do it from two two different sides. So I'm not, I'm not one side in any of this, okay? This is going to be pretty much as clear as I can get it. But <laughs> I want to show you as best I can that you're being played. <laughs> you're, you're, we're all being played. Like we're all being made to, uh, uh, the friction, uh, there's a lot of, for what? <laughs> are you, are you kidding? Like, and, and again, these are, and this is friction between people who've known each other, people who've lived with each other at times. There are situations where I promise you, Something else has to be askew here. <laughs> this is—it's not just us being rude to each other. No, 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 no. We're being—we're being played. We're being played. We're being played. We're all being we're being played. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell. Don't tell nobody. But but just just share, like, and subscribe. But but don't tell anybody what I'm saying. I mean, this is crazy. So okay. So <clears throat> live session, LARP, live action role play. Everything that coincides is a coincidence. We're going to go over that word, too. Even me saying that starts, it not only starts the LARP session, but that's a LARP in itself. Coincidences don't happen. So, okay, <clears throat> LARP session. So, let's assume instead of Republican, Democrat, those words are getting real, getting a little too, too, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use those words. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to change those words today. You choose which side you're, you want to side with. Have fun because I'm about to switch it up. It's gonna be real weird. You're gonna be confused. But live action role play. So <clears throat> one is called a long, long time ago, galaxy far, far away. A group was called the old guard. It was the old system, the old guard, the 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 uh, the over over system, the over authority of all authorities and in, in, in the lands, this was this was the law, the law of the land, if you will. So old guard, it's the old guard, galaxy far away. It's not here, somewhere else, some some other place. They call them the old guard. I don't know, it's weird. So they 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 are fighting against someone. It's like whoa, whoa, old guard. I mean, dude, you're the old guard, like should be fine, right? No, they're, they're 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 working against what 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 they call where they're from, 
they're not here. I mean, they're somewhere else. But they would call the, the group they're fighting against the Federation. Hmm. Old Guard is fighting the Federation. Yeah, I know it sounds like everything else, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek. I don't know. I mean, again, it's a galaxy far, far away. The place is not here. LARP session. <laughs> LARP session. So, Old Guard. Let's just look at it very simply. What would the Old Guard be? Old Guard would be some type of group, some type of faction or a agreement. It would be an agreement, I would assume. Maybe old guys. I don't know. Again, it's not here. It's somewhere else on a planet far, far away. Not here because this isn't happening here. This is a LARP session. So <laughs> we go to video one. Cue video one. <laughs> We're going to have fun today. It's going to be great. Okay. Video one. Here we go. Today's Republican Party opposes big government. It's culturally conservative. Its demographic support is strongest among white voters, and it usually dominates elections in the South. The party's 2016 presidential nominee has been heavily criticized for inciting racial tensions. But things weren't always this way. Over the past 160 years or so, the party has undergone a remarkable transformation from the party of Abraham Lincoln to the party of Donald Trump. To understand how the GOP got this way, you have to go back to when it first came into existence, in 1854, just seven years before the Civil War. There are two parties at this point, the Whigs and the Democrats. America is quickly expanding westward, and there's an intense debate over whether or not new states should permit slavery. The Democratic Party, with strong support in the South, has become increasingly pro-slavery but the Whigs are divided on the issue. Their Northern supporters are really afraid that the growing number of slave states would have too much political influence, which they feared could really hurt free white workers economically. So in 1854, the country is debating whether or not the territories of Kansas and Nebraska should allow slavery. The Whigs can't agree, and the party ends up collapsing. The former Whigs in the North form a new party that will fight against letting slavery expand any further. They call it the Republican Party. By 1860, the Republican Party has become increasingly powerful in the North, enough so that a little-known Republican named Abraham Lincoln wins the presidency. Even though Lincoln promises he won't interfere with slavery in states that already have it, he and his party are still too anti-slavery for the South to tolerate. So 11 Southern states secede from the Union, forming the Confederate States of America. The northern states decide to fight to keep the Union together, and the Civil War ensues. The result is a northern victory and the abolition of slavery nationwide. After the war, Republicans begin fighting to ensure that recently freed slaves in the South have their rights. A year after Lincoln's assassination, the party passes the Civil Rights Act of 1866. They fight to make sure that black men have the same right to vote with new laws and constitutional amendments. But something had happened during the Civil War that began changing the young Republican Party. Government spending during the war made many northern businessmen really rich. Gradually, these wealthy financiers and industrialists start taking more and more of a leadership role in the Republican Party. They want to hold on to power, and they don't think that fighting for black rights in a mostly white country is the best way to do that. 
Meanwhile, the South is resisting these new racial reforms, often violently. And most white Republican voters and leaders now feel that they've done enough for black citizens in the South. And it's time to emphasize other issues. So in 1870, the party basically gives up on reforming the South, deciding instead to leave it to its own devices. The region becomes politically dominated by white Democrats. Fast forward to the new century. By the 1920s, the Republican Party has become essentially the party of big business. This works out quite well for them as the economy is booming, but not so well when the economy crashes in 1929 and the Great Depression begins. Franklin D. Roosevelt and other Democrats are swept into power and begin dramatically expanding the size and role of the federal government in an attempt to fight the depression and better provide for Americans. Republicans oppose this rapid expansion, defining themselves as opposition to big government, an identity that the party still holds today. Going into the 50s and 60s, race and the South returned to the forefront of national politics, with the civil rights movement attempting to end segregation and ensure blacks truly have the right to vote. The civil rights debate isn't a purely partisan issue. It's more of a regional issue, with Northerners from both parties supporting it and Southerners from both parties opposing it. Then, in 1964, it's Democratic President Lyndon Johnson who signs the Civil Rights Act into law. And it's Republican presidential nominee Barry Goldwater who opposes it, arguing that it expands government power too much. A massive switch-up takes place. Black voters, some of whom had already been shifting from the Republican Party, convert almost entirely to their new advocates, the Democrats. The white voters in the South, who had been staunch Democrats, start to really resent the big government interference here and in other matters like abortion rights and school prayer. Over the next three decades, whites in the South switch to the GOP, which makes the South an overwhelmingly Republican region. By the 1980s, the party begins to resemble the GOP we are familiar with today. Republicans elect Ronald Reagan, who promises to fight for business interests, lower taxes, and traditional family values. As the 21st century begins, America is going through a major demographic shift in the form of Hispanic immigration, both legal and illegal. Democrats and business elites tend to support reforming immigration laws so that the over 10 million unauthorized immigrants in the U.S. would get legal status. On the Republican side, tough on immigration policies and rhetoric became popular. But this ends up costing the Republicans when, in 2012, Mitt Romney loses his bid for the presidency. He gets blown out among Hispanic voters. Exit polls showed that 71% of them voted for Barack Obama. So the Republican Party starts to look more like a party for white voters in an increasingly non-white country. Given these demographic trends, Republican leaders worry that if they keep losing Hispanic voters by that much, they'll lose their chances of ever winning the presidency. So in 2013, some key Republicans in the Senate, including the rising star Marco Rubio, collaborate with Democrats on an immigration reform bill that would give unauthorized immigrants a path to legal status. But there's a huge backlash from the Republican Party's predominantly white base. Um, that was with John McCain, by the way. So John, there's John McCain with Mitt Romney. Uh, just quick fun fact which views the bill as amnesty for immigrants who broke the rules. This exacerbates the GOP voters' mistrust in their own party leaders, a mistrust that has already been growing for some time. <coughs> and that makes the political landscape of 2015 fertile ground for a figure like Donald Trump, an outsider businessman who wants to build a wall on the border of Mexico. Trump isn't a traditional conservative, 
but he appealed to the resentment and the mistrust of party leaders that Republican primary voters had, as well as the strong opposition to growing immigration trends. And even though he was loathed by party leaders, he won enough support in the primaries to become the GOP nominee for president. So now the Republican Party is once again at a major crossroads as it tries to meet the political challenges of the 21st century. It's up to Republican voters and leaders to decide just what they want their party to be. I thought that was important because what we've seen but not seen, been told but are not told, been skewed but not skewered. And for a lot of us, we've been skewered but not screwed. It's a pun, sticking something in it. Anyway, have fun with that. <laughs> but but no, I mean, seriously, we, we, have, we have to think about this in seriousness. In, 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 a, in a way, again, this is a LARP session, has nothing to do with reality. But if the LARP session is the old guard changed hands, it has to be explained that way. The, 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 the history should show what they just said. And that's found on Vox. That's not a video of mine. Um, thank you, Vox, for that beautiful work. And I will be giving a lot of thanks and a lot of other videos. <laughs> so be prepared for that. Um, you know, the old guard was, was something where we know, we know the old guard is capable, willing, and, and will do things that are not really in our interest, you know, it's not for us. It's definitely not for, definitely not for black people, that's for sure. But I mean, you know, we have to think about how they've done this before or, or how this kid, how this can be done before or how a group that wants power that just had a, a big shift, how does that shift, how does that shift let us know where they're going or, or what the actual motive is because you don't shift for nothing. That's, that's just understand that number one, but we also have to think about it. If there's a shift, why? And if there was a shift and like Vox was explaining, there was a, 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 a mistrust, a, 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 a lack in integrity, but all of a sudden we went for a guy named Trump. Are you serious? I mean, what, what, what happened there? We need to think about how your brain was manipulated there. There's a weird gymnastic move you have to do. I call it mental gymnastics. It hurts sometimes. You have to do weird flips in here, in the brain, and it makes, it makes, it makes things hard and difficult to understand. Sometimes it gives you headaches. I've seen it, been there, done that. So let's go back and let's find out a little more. Maybe there's something else we haven't understood yet. Maybe we should learn a little more. Stay teachable, guys. Check this out. Seven signs someone is using psychological manipulation on you. Psychological manipulation <clears throat> as a typical of social, as a type of social influence, aims to change the behavioral attitude or perception of other people through mental distortion, emotional exploitation, with the intent to seize power, control benefits and privileges at the expense of the victim. People who manipulate others are mostly self-centered. 
They serve their interests and often at the expense of an innocent victim. Methods employed by manipulators can be characterized as abusive, devious, deceptive, and exploitative. Though their actions are undoubtedly malicious, these set of people are often very crafty and smart. The act of manipulation involves deliberate and high thought processes. And this can only be successfully gotten by a person that utilizes human psychology to their advantage. They have the power to twist your thoughts, actions, wants, and desires into something that better suits their needs and how they see the world. It is worthy to note that differences exist between healthy social influence and psychological manipulation as the former occurs between most people and is a part of the give and take in constructive relationships while in the latter. One person is used for the benefit of another. The manipulator deliberately creates a situation of power imbalance and uses that as an advantage to exploit the victim to serve their agenda. Okay, let's pause there for a second. I have something big I want to say, and I've kind of been holding on to this for a minute. But I want to make sure this is clear. If there was a manipulation and a recent change in how people vote, I'm not going to use the word VF at all, but I'll say if the old guard changed hands to being the Federation, then that means the Federation is now the old guard. So the old guard is telling us, oh, nothing to see here. Hey, it's okay. We've made a group, a transition group. We'll transition power the way we tell you to transition power. We will change things the way we tell you we will change things. And when you think about, oh, well, well, there was a progressive group, you know, in between the old guard and the Federation, there was a progressive group. Hey, I'm progressive. I, I, I was progressive. There was a progressive group. I mean, you can't leave out the progressive group when you're progressive. LARP session. Once again, everything I'm saying is coincidence, right? Doesn't mean anything, right? So that means what they did to Bernie Sanders in 2016 and in 2020 means nothing. It actually doesn't mean anything at all because this is a LARP session. This is this is fake. This is this is nothing at all to you. But again, the way they did Tulsi Gabbard when she 100% exposed Harris early, early. I'm talking May, March of this year, March of 2020. It is currently December 13th. Don't play with me. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, <clears throat> I'm like, you didn't see that? You didn't see what they did to you? If you were progressive, guess what? They told you, no, 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 we're not going to do that. They give you a, they give you a couple of their candidates and you had a couple of their options. But again, this is a LARP session. This means nothing. This isn't even real. So that means Joe Jorgensen wasn't real. That means the whole entire idea of having a third party mm, wasn't real. Uh, it didn't happen. It never occurred. But again, this is a galaxy far, far away on a planet that's not here. So LARP session. Let's have fun. LARP session. Again, I just wanted to pause there, show you all that. Let's go ahead and get it in. Now I got this other piece. Let's go ahead and finish off this first one first, and then we'll move forward. Anyway, guys, here are some warning signs to look out for to make sure you're not being manipulated psychologically. But before we delve deeper into this, if you enjoy watching this video, please help to like and share this video, guys. And if you're new to the channel, don't forget to subscribe to this channel so you won't miss any interesting updates in the future. 
1. The act of victim. Psychologically manipulated people can always play the victim role anywhere they find themselves in. They are always exaggerating or imagining personal issues, health issues, dependency, codependency, form deliberate frailty to gain sympathy and favor. All these are done to bring out the emotions in you, make you pity them for them to exploit this sense of goodwill in you. Guilty conscious, sense of duty, and obligation or protection to gain unreasonable benefits and concession. So, so in this old guard and the Federation, I'm not going to use names. I'm going to change names. We'll call them Dibin. So Dibin wants people to believe in him because when you believe in him and everything that he's already putting into place, he has power implicitly because he's gained power because he told you he has power. He never really gained the power. He's just telling you he gained the power. Thus, you are giving him power to manipulate you. Hmm. Interesting. Let's go ahead and continue. Two, guilt bait. For a person that has a soft spot for people or an empath, you fall prey easily to this kind of tactic used by manipulators. In this tactic, the manipulator targets your emotional weaknesses and vulnerability by always bringing up unreasonable blaming. He holds other people responsible for this happiness and success or unhappiness and failure. He <coughs> um, his name is Bo Biden, and every time, sorry, Bo, Bo Dibin, 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 um, correction. So when anyone presses Dibin on military action, when it talks about the old guard versus the Federation, remember there was a flip. So the Federation is now the old guard, meaning the, the, the old guard, which is not the Federation, the Federation wants you to believe whatever they tell you to believe because Bo Biden was a good person and he didn't do anything wrong at all. He had nothing to do with the corruption and the movement of millions of dollars. Well, no, of course he didn't. But again, he's part of the Federation. But you know, why, why would he? Why would he do that to us? Why, why would Biden, Dibin, tell us something different? Why would Dibin give us information, but also at the same time say the information I'm giving you is false? Wow, that sounds odd. Takes it as a point of duty to coerce you into ceding to his or her unreasonable requests and demands. For an unreasonable requests and demands. Okay. That's why I stopped it here. One more time. Maybe maybe seeing it written helps. Check this out. Duty to coerce you into ceding to his or her unreasonable requests and demands. Okay. So I bring up unreasonable requests and demands because when assuming power over someone after being manipulated, they tell you there's no other recourse. There's only the recourse that I'm telling you to have. You must have, and anyone that asks you otherwise must also believe what I'm telling you. This sounds like the Federation is giving you their hidden agenda up front and telling you up front, they're quickly able to negate or 
falsify or even tell you directly, no, the corruption you see of mine is not mine. The corruption you see of mine is the old guard. The same old guard in which we are following, but this old guard, remember, it changed hands recently. Are you following where I'm going? Because we're going to go a little further, okay? For an empathic person, the case is worse because you cannot stand people being emotionally traumatized, so the manipulator uses this weakness judiciously to his or her advantage. 3. Insecurity An emotionally insecure person is most times the target for manipulators because insecurity is seen as a severe weakness by the deceivers. A manipulator will do anything possible to create a sense of insecurity or inferiority on his victim. How this can be done includes negative jokes and sarcasm. They often poke fun at your appearance, work habits, personal lifestyle, and anything you can conveniently use against you. The whole essence of the plan is to make you feel bad. When he or she succeeds in getting you, he hopes to impose psychological superiority over you. 4. Constant Judgment Here, the manipulator deliberately attacks you regularly on every slight opportunity gotten. He constantly marginalizes, ridicules, and dismisses you. He makes sure that you are always kept off balance to maintain superiority over you. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. It was said. It cannot be unsaid. It cannot be unheard and it cannot be unseen. But it will be remembered. The Federation at one point and I'm, I'm just talking about Mr. Dybin. These are not people of, of America. This is not here. No, 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 no. Remember, this is a LARP session, a live action role play that's not happening here. It's happening on some other planet far, far away, long, long time ago. But if the manipulation's real, then that means what Mr. Dybin is telling us is in order to manipulate the power that you have that you've been given and that you've always had you didn't not have this power now what he's telling you to do with it is up to you. you you can respond in any way you choose to i just want you to i just want you to hang in there for a moment because i'm gonna i'm gonna swap this up it's gonna be weird Watch this. He makes sure and deliberately fosters the belief that something is still wrong with you, that you are never correct, that you always have a fault, and that no matter how hard you try, you can never be good enough. Significantly, he focuses on the negative without providing any genuine or constructive solution or offering any meaningful ways to help. This kind of manipulative attitude is found mostly in workplaces. 5. Ignorant Behaviors Professing ignorance is the classic playing dumb tactic. In this, the manipulator pretends that he or she doesn't know or understand what you want or want him slash her to do. This tactic is a secret weapon used by most manipulators, and it is commonly seen in the workplace when a person will insist on playing dumb to avoid something and also have someone else do it for him or her. Children also use this technique to delay, stall, or manipulate adults and you're doing some things that they don't want to do. As I said... Okay. Let's talk on that for a second, too. So, <clears throat> when, it say, when it says that 
a person will insist on playing dumb to avoid something. We've seen both sides do this. Now, the Federation a long time ago would have did a dumb move like, hey, there can never be peace anywhere. We have to fight everywhere. We have to, you know, with a strong military and we're going to fight and we're, we're, we're going to, right? No, no. What we also remember of, of the old guard, and again, this is on a different planet somewhere else long, long time ago, long time ago, long, far away. But the old guard would have easily said, oh, fight? What do you mean to fight? No, that's not happening. Look this way. And it would happen. The, the media would follow and turn their cameras, literally and figuratively, tell you a story and even have someone out there and they'll sniff a bag. Oh, it smells poisoned. The fuck? Say, bitch, you ain't dead. So what are we doing? Oh, oh hold, on, hold on. I remember. I forgot. Um, weapons of mass destruction. So the old guard assumed and told the public weapons of mass destruction. Wow, those are very strong words. But again, LARP session. This is not real. This is just data that is not real at all. Because apparently facts aren't facts anymore. Have fun. said earlier, manipulators use this tactic when they have something to hide or an obligation they wish to protect. 6. Negative surprises. Manipulators are fond of giving negative surprises, and they always do it when the victim is not ready with the expectation of throwing off balance, and therefore gain a psychological advantage over you. These negative surprises range from surprise job assignments to anything that the manipulator knows for sure you will not be able to succeed. The time frame given for the completion of such task is usually concise, so that way you stand no chance of succeeding. Worse of it is that, to continue his or her manipulation over you, the manipulator might ask for additional concessions from you to continue working with you. 7. Hold on. Hold on. Quick question. So, we've been told we're not black if we don't make this vote, right? We've also been told nothing that says the voter fraud is fake. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to use that word. Um, we've been told manipulation is not occurring to the point of changing a current group agreement. Now, again, this is this is a LARP session. This is a live action role play. So, so, so again, you got to run with me here. Now, if there was a live action role play happening here. And let's say a galaxy far, far away, planet somewhere else. We don't know where it is. I don't know. Who cares? But if the old guard is saying, hey, something is going on, we should look into that. And the Federation is telling you, no, don't do that. Remember, there was a switcheroo. We didn't catch the switcheroo. So, so by not understanding the switcheroo, we're not seeing that the Federation is telling us, hey, look, hey, the old guard did it. The old guard's doing it. 
and they've been blaming us the whole time, the Federation. We didn't do anything at all. We didn't do anything. We, we, hey, we <laughs> like, like the Federation leader says, but we did nothing wrong. We had nothing going on. We got, uh, we, uh, it's what it's what he does. He, he makes noises. It's, it's poop. It's a poop. It's the sound of poop when it comes out of your mouth. Yeah, it sounds like. Neither one are good at pooping out of the mouth. So, 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 let's just know that now. And both are terrible at pooping out the mouth. I just want you to roll me on one more. If it's possible, if you don't mind, one more key point, okay? Manipulation. Undue pressure and emotions. Manipulators will apply an extensive amount of pressure on you in an attempt to get you to make decisions before you are ready. They often give you little or no time to think what you are about to do before making decisions. And they often create a false sense of urgency in trying to raise the level of tension. This is a common sales and negotiation tactic where the manipulator puts pressure on you to decide before you are ready. By applying tension and control onto you, it is hoped that you will crack and given to his demands. Manipulators sometimes exude negative emotions when dealing with this victim. And these emotions can include raising their voices when talking to manipulate you aggressively. Manipulators that use this technique are trying to get you to bend to their will. This technique is frequently followed with strong body languages such as standing or excited movements to increase impact. All in all, those So let's 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 let's, let's, let's do a couple things. I I want to do, I want to do a few a few things, and this is a large session. This is happening on a different planet, far far away in a galaxy, far far away a long, long time ago. It never happened here. This would never happen here. This wouldn't happen here. But what what the, the things that have occurred would never happen here, right? <clears throat> but we have to remember there are militant groups out on the street, on this planet, um, wherever it is, um, where, 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 wherever this may be happening. Um, once again, this is a LARP session LARP, a live action role play. And it doesn't mean that what I'm saying is true. It just means that what I'm saying is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make anyone think anything. I do not do that. That's what I'm here for. I'm giving you a wrinkle that you probably didn't have because if you didn't think about it, maybe on another planet, maybe somewhere far, far away, when the old guard fights the Federation, the Federation would retaliate in some way to the old guard. Well, how, how would they do that? Well, maybe they'd go to the streets. 
As protests are taking place across the country, fights breaking out between different groups of demonstrators in Georgia and Michigan, while arrests continue in Oregon on the 80th night of protests there. ABC's Janae Norman joins us with the new developments. Janae, good morning. Hey, Wick, good morning. 82 days after George Floyd's death sparked a worldwide awakening of the realities of racial injustice, this nation is still reeling. Parts of America are on edge as demonstrators are clashing over issues of race and political ideology. Overnight, under the heavy blanket of smoke, <coughs> lines were drawn between demonstrators and officers in Portland. Medic! Several people were arrested as officers attempted to quell the crowd on the 80th night of protests in Georgia. Does he just hit my pepper spray? I got Tensions boiling over as armed men faced off with counter demonstrators in the city of Stone Mountain. The initial rally, planned by a group with ties to white supremacists, was to defend a granite carving of Confederate leaders at a nearby park. But as hundreds packed the streets, counter demonstrators appeared to burn a Confederate flag held by right wing activists. Police and the Georgia National Guard moving in to break up the crowds. In Kalamazoo, Michigan, a peaceful counter-protest turning violent as marchers clashed with the alt-right group The Proud Boys, an organization designated as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And in Chicago, one week after looters ransacked stores along the Magnificent Mile, Black Lives Matter demonstrators were blocked by a brigade of officers. The day's mostly peaceful protests devolving later in the evening. Some officers... Um. Quick fun fact. Quick fun fact. And I've been saying this over and over. I'm going to say it again. You can't be more angry than the people who are going through the oppression. When I hear the words Black Lives Matter protests, it's funny. Here's why. Notice when she says it and what they did to the visual. Now, the visual of what, of what is being blocked is clear. These matter demonstrators were blocked. I want you to look at every arm, every leg, every piece of body you can. Notice the word she's saying, Black Lives Matter, which is funny because on that planet, and again, this is not this is not Earth. This is not this is not Earth. This is somewhere else. Somewhere else. Long, long, long time ago. Somewhere far, far away. If there was a group that was trying to represent a group, a different group that looked different than themselves. Why is she saying Black Lives Matter protests and protesters being stopped and none of them are black? I mean, if, you, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, please let me know that my LARP session, which is a live action role play, that means nothing at all. Tell that live action role play it's wrong. How about that? You fact fact check the role play. How about that? We're, we're, we are doing a live action role play. Fact check that. To buy a and, brigade um, of office. Notice what she says. The day's mostly peaceful. And notice what they did. You see that? That is not the same place. That is not even close to the same place. It's not even close. <clears throat> Two large buildings in the background, large, large metal building. 
large metal building by a brigade of officers. And a large building the here. Mostly peaceful and what is protests it? devolving later in the evening. Some officers appeared to use pepper spray to control the surging crowds as scuffles broke out in the streets. In all, 24 arrests were made, four for felonies. And every night for a week, the city of Chicago's bridges have remained up. Mayor Lori Lightfoot drawing criticism for the images that appear to essentially cut residents off from a predominantly white part of the city. Dan. So much anger in the streets, Janae. Thank Yeah. Yeah. So that's happening. And what's happening as well that no one's talking about, which I find almost hilarious is the diving i'm using the word diving so know who i'm talking about diving tells us that trump's the problem i've heard this word before i've heard this being being spewed from people who are very confused and the confusion is very very understandable it's not your fault you've been brainwashed to a certain extent not extremely but just enough to where hey we're gonna make you choose a side. No, I will. I will be the first one to point my own finger at myself. I did kind of tell people to choose sides. I get it. I get it. Here's the weird part: is I wasn't talking about politics. <laughs> I was never talking about politics. I was not talking about politics when I said choose sides. When I when I BG said choose sides, I was literally talking about good versus evil. I was talking about people who wish you bad, who want to do bad to you. <clears throat> the fight against that is love. I said it a couple times. I mean, there's a there's a couple ways you can dissect and bisect what I said, but ultimately I was talking about good versus evil, darkness versus light. Hmm. Now back to the live action role play. If the Federation is now the old guard. The old guard is now the Federation. Whoa. That's weird. That means that means there's real corruption. That means the old guard the whole time was more corrupt than the group they were blaming for being corrupt. Whoa. That's weird. On this other planet, far, far away, a galaxy a long, long time ago, <laughs> there was a country that fought its sitting president with corruption that it did. So, oh, well, okay, okay, hold on. So, okay, if I can prove it, I mean, I, I would, I, I would love to. Thank you, Th thank you for asking me to prove it. Now, when when people say you know, there's no way. No, it's impossible. Well, I want you to see on this planet what happened. On this planet, long, long time ago, this happened. Margaret Warner, I see you with the microphone. Thank you. Hello, Mr. Vice hey, President. Margaret, good How to see you? you. My question is, should we actually be going on offense in the information war, in the cyber war, in terms of delegitimizing not just exposing the corruption, but really playing offense the way they're playing offense? The answer is yes, but not necessarily in the cyberspace where we go in. And most of what happens in the cyberspace is altering information or 
preventing information from being able to come forward. I think we should be on the offensive in making it clear exactly what we know Russia and or Putin in particular is doing. And I think we should be working much more closely with our European and allies around the world and exposing and getting them to stand up and acknowledge with us that this is what's happening here. That message gets through. I mean, to, to, to go back, when I got here, <coughs> the last vestige of that Cold War was Radio Free Europe and Radio Limited, all. It was an attempt to broadcast the truth into, into Russia. Uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing that, that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Well, son of a bitch, <laughs> got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. CIA agent for 27 years, chief disguise officer with her husband, Tony Mendez. If you've seen the movie Argo, he is the main character played by Ben Affleck. So I've heard of CEOs, but what is a chief disguise officer? We would lie for a living, trying to keep our foreign agents safe. We use disguise everywhere in the world. And one of the first masks that came out of production turned me into a younger, better coughed woman. Judge Webster liked it and he said, well, let's take it to the White House. So I just peeled off my face. Bush really liked it. He almost fell off his chair. If you're a spy, how can you tell somebody else is a spy? We trained them not to look for surveillance, but to always assume they were there because they always were there. And they arrested a lot of them and they executed a number of them. How does CIA control me not saying anything to anybody? have a special guest with us who was a CIA agent for 27 years and then afterwards she became the chief disguise officer which we're gonna find out what that is today and she uh oh sorry sorry so sorry sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry okay so this gets into something that has a little bit less to do with what I'm doing um, 
I'm gonna talk more on, on PVD in a minute. You know, like we'll, we'll after the live after the the live action role play, we'll talk more on that. So here's where I want to go. Here, here's here's where here's where I really want to hit home on, because to me I'm like, yo, we need to understand what this uranium one thing was. People sleeping on it. People are really like, oh, it wasn't anything at all. Yeah, y'all tripping. Here well, there's a new talking point kicking around Washington. You may have heard it in the last few days. The Iranian One story isn't real. It's an ersatz story. It's fake news made up by Republicans. It's a fever dream concocted by people who hate Hillary Clinton and are desperate to create a false equivalence between Donald Trump's presidential campaign and the Clinton machine. Hillary's reputation is being protected by the usual defenders. They say she had nothing to do with Uranium One, and by the way, it wouldn't matter if she was involved, but she wasn't involved anyway. Got it? Interesting question. What's the truth about it? Well, Guy Benson is an editor at townhall.com. He's written a definitive explanation of this story, which seemed pretty fair to us, and he joins us tonight. Guy, thanks all for coming on. Hey, Tucker, congrats on one year, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. So, um, sure. look, I'll, I'll concede, and I hope that I've always conceded every time we've talked about it on the show, that there's a lot that we don't know about this uh, story, and I hope that we haven't overhyped it. But it does seem like there is a story at the bottom of it. You've assessed it maybe a little more coolly than I have. What have you found? Is this a real story? Well, I think it's a question that's interesting, Tucker, because... The story that's being told a lot by Republicans, there is a former White House advisor who is talking about this as if it was treasonous on behalf of Mrs. Clinton. I think there's maybe a, a mythical side to this where people have a lot of misconceptions about especially the tail end of the Uranium One story and Mrs. Clinton's involvement in that. And because this came up recently in a story in The Hill about how the FBI had been investigating Russia's efforts right. on that whole front involving the Clintons a few weeks ago. Republicans have, I think, seized on that to try to draw some sort of equivalency on the broader Russia matter. And that has prompted a bunch of fact checks. And I think some of these fact checks have been really solid and good, clearing up some of the laziness or deliberately uh, wrong characterizations of what happened with Uranium One. That all being said, there are elements of the entire saga, which started back in 2005, that I don't think are threats to national security, certainly not treasonous, maybe not criminal, but at least stink to high <coughs> heaven when it comes to the Clintons and lots and lots of money flowing to their foundation on behalf of people connected to Uranium One who needed favors and got them. Well, so you made a, I thought a... That's Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, right? So what it, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you everything you didn't know. Here's what they don't want you to know. So, okay, there's a whole YouTube playlist I've already created for you. Have fun with it. A new ring on the brain playlist is called Things They Don't Want You to Know. Here's one of those things. Uh, again, uh, this is live action role play. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is not real. And uh, live action role play, this is a LARP session, LARP session. And I just want you to see what your federation has done. So, again, remember there was a swap. There was a swap. The old guard, KKK, things like that. 
swap. They swap names. They swap names, okay? All right? And that means old guard is now the Federation. The Federation is now the old guard. You, you with me? You with me so far? So, 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 so the old guard swap names, and now it's the Federation. You, 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 you dig? You dig? I'm not going to use the word Democrat or Republican. I'm going to let you fill in those blanks. But I'm going to give you this one piece of jewel information that I'm sure you don't have. And I'm going to give you a whole bunch more in a minute. But just understand, here's where the Federation feels on corruption. So when it comes to corruption, the old guard was good at it. The, 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 old, the, the original old guard was good at it. I'm saying the original party for this planet called the Republicans, they they were really good at corruption, really, really good. But they kind of cut it out recently in the last four years. And and, and it's, it's, it's telling because that means the Federation, which we thought was good, is now the old guard. And the old guard is now doing real corruption, like like real deal corruption. Check it out. So maybe you heard something about that Hillary Clinton gave uranium to the Russians or whatever. Well, here we're going to break it down. This is from uh, a website called Powerline. Lots of places have written about this. And this guy says, um, in 2005, Bill Clinton and a guy named Frank Driestra visited Kazakhstan. This guy, Frank Driestra, he's a massive donor to the Clinton Foundation. His goal, Driestra's <coughs> goal, was to buy uranium mines in Kazakhstan. To this end, he and Bill Clinton met with the leaders of Kazakhstan government. As a result of the visit, Guster got major mining concessions, which were approved by the Kazakhstan government. Kazakhstan got Bill Clinton publicly to praise its alleged progress in democracy and human rights. The Clintons received $31 million donation to their foundation from Gustra, along with a pledge to donate $100 million more. So you see what that Clinton foundation is kind of, it could get really corrupty. The deal with Kazakhstan made Gustra's company, Uranium One, a major player. It proceeded to buy large amounts of holdings in the United States and became an attractive target for Russia. A Russia company made a hugely attractive offer to purchase the company. Uranium One agreed to the purchase. The deal required approval by the United States government and the Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. During the period when the deal with Russia was under consideration, the Clinton Foundation reportedly 2.6 reported $2.6 million from the Uranium One. Its contributions were not disclosed by the Clintons, despite an agreement Hillary had reached with the Obama White House to publicly identify all donors. During this period, Bill Clinton also received a half a million dollars from a Moscow speech from a Russian investment bank that was promoting, <coughs> promoting Uranium One stock. So you see how this all gets... Ugh. Um, this was more than his usual speaking fee. Hillary Clinton duly approved the deal. It made the Russian company Rosadam one of the world's largest uranium producers and brought Vladimir Putin closer to his goal of controlling much of the global uranium supply chain. The deal left huge amounts of U.S. uranium under the control of Russia. The New York Times estimated this share at 20%. But Peter Schweitzer, the author of Clinton Cash, say that it amounts to almost 50% of projected U.S. uranium output. 
When Hillary Clinton was questioned about the deal, she said she had no reason to intervene in the decision. But Raphael Williams of Circa reports that memos contained on WikiLeaks show Clinton was warned about Russian attempts to flex its muscle in uranium markets, and members of Congress also sounded the alarm. The State Department had obtained a strategy paper from Rosadam, that's Russian companies seeking to purchase uranium one. The strategy paper alarmed U.S. Dis- diplomats because it confirmed fears that Russia was moving to control the law long-term supply of nuclear fuel, shut Westinghouse out of the market, and extend Moscow's influence over Europe. The resulting diplomatic cable lays out what Williams calls, quote, a clear warning from career U.S. officials about why expanding Russia's control of uranium markets was bad for the United States and for its allies in Europe. In addition, members of Congress pointed to the dangers of the Rosatom deal. Senator Joe Brasso said, quote, it would give the Russian government control over a sizable portion of America's uranium production capacity. Representative Peter King said it would pose great potential harm to the national security of the United States. Clinton then had ample reason to intervene in the decision, but doing so would have been inconsistent with the interests of those who were donating so generously to her foundation. Despite the warnings from her own diplomats, despite the warnings from Congress, Clinton let the deal go through. Who were the winners in this transaction that began with Bill Clinton's visit to Kazakhstan and ended when the United States approved the Uranium One Rostam deal? The Russians, obviously, but not just the Russians. Frank Gustra won big. So did the Clintons who raised tens of millions, if not more, in the saga. Even Kazakhstan came away with something, though whether it contemplated Russia's controlling its uranium is another matter. The only loser here, for sure, is America. So there you go. Uh, She's out there. Yep. And remember, we were told that the leader of the old guard was doing this the whole time. The leader of the old guard. Hey, the old party that's been has been up to this the whole time. Russia collusion. Let's impeach him. Hey, we'll, we'll impeach him. We'll, we'll impeach him because he's been doing it the whole time. They impeached the man. They did their due diligence. And it turns out the leader of what they were calling the old guard is the Federation leader. You see how the flip happened? You see that? You see what I'm saying? Because if the flip happened, and if there was a moment where, oh, well, you know, it's not his fault, then we have to start thinking as though everything that we've been told is false. So if everything we've been told is false, The Federation is not the Federation, and the old guard is not the old guard. We have to start using the same juxtaposition that they gave us. They gave us the voter, the juxtaposition of, you are voting for the old guard, the old way, and you don't want it. However, that was not the truth. The truth would have been, By voting for the old guard, you will get the old play. You will get the old outcome. You will get no outcome. 
<clears throat> on this other planet, a far, far time away, LARP session, LARP, live action, no play. If this is true, then that means there's a group that ran this the whole time. There has to be someone that pays these guys. Who would be? Who would that group be? What? Why? Why would? Why would a group do such a thing? And we have to start to think about what the video that almost played. I didn't want it to play actually. I wasn't looking for it to. But it's it's it's, it's this. It's this. Let me let me let me precursor what you're about to see. So. <laughs> The CIA has groups not only that can make anyone look like anyone, but they're so good at it. I think she's probably wearing some prosthetic in the interview. And that was the interview that almost played by itself. I'm sorry about that. I was indisposed. But no, seriously, I mean, like think 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 about what think about what he said. Think about what he's saying. Think think about think about what his intro was. His intro was this right here. Check this out. So today we have a special guest with us who was a CIA agent for 27 years, and then afterwards she became the chief disguise officer, which we're going to find out what that is today. And she wrote a book called The Moscow Rules with her husband, Tony Mendez, who if you've seen the movie Argo, he is the main character played by Ben Affleck. And by the way, just so you know, the, the, this back view here is not a backdrop. This is not a green screen, okay? This is the real view. That's the White House behind us. If you're watching close, you'll see the flag moving. So with that being said, our guest today, Jonah Mendez. Jonah? Good to have you on the show with us. Good to be here. So what does it take to be a CIA agent? I mean, how do I become a CIA agent? If, I, if I'm growing up, I'm saying one day I want to be a CIA agent, how do I do it? I'm not even going to let her answer that because I think it's a issue of national security. I think for the most part, if this, again, um, LARP session, right? Galaxy far, far away, this is a planet that is not where I'm on. If this were a planet that I'm not on and I'm objectively watching this, this is a clear violation of everything that we would have held as an authority. Now, if my authority is now unveiling information, you can look this up on your own, bioutainment, look this up on your own. I'm not going to play it for you. Not here. Doing your own. <coughs> That being said, we have to think about what the Federation is capable of then. This means there's someone that experts in this craft, okay? There's someone that experts in the craft of fooling your eye. Hmm. Now, if the expert in that, we would have to assume the old guard has everything to do with the... New World Order, right? It's NWO. Yeah, we said it when it was on, you know, uh, wrestling, when it was a wrestling group, when it was, you know, HBK, Homeboy, uh, 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 you know, uh, 
you know, X-Pac, Autumn Cats, you know what I'm saying? Like, we knew what that was. It was a joke. It was just a lot of yoked-ass dudes doing something stupid. We, we assumed it was dumb. We thought it was stupid and hilarious. Now, what if a planet far, far away, <laughs> anytime far, far away, ran with what happened in that show? We could relate that to the deep state pretty much it's like well there has to be something that runs both of these guys you know both of these groups are doing it right both of these groups you know you you gotta watch these groups right i'm gonna i'm gonna do another jimmy door if you don't mind because what he does is amazing and what i'm doing is nothing what I'm doing is zero. What I'm doing will equate to pretty much a, a small percentage of me grabbing your eye from somewhere else. But then again, this is a LARP session and has nothing to do with reality. This is not real. What you're about to see has nothing to do with reality at all. Of course not. Of course, the Federation wouldn't tell you what it's going to do because the Federation is the old guard. Are you are you still with me? <laughs> I mean, remember the old guard in the Federation did a flip. We t- we covered that early. Now, if they flipped, and that's true, we have to run with the live session saying, what else do we not know? What else have we been lied to about? What else is being misconstrued so much that it's literally making people divide? Like literally divide. You understand? So let's 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 try this one. Let's try this. Let's try let's try what's happening here. Joe Biden. I like this one. Uh, you know, is he's that they say the Democratic Party relies on uh, their their base, which is black black voters, black women especially, right? Uh, they vote like ninety nine percent Democrat, and they always so there was some audio leaks. He had a meeting with some civil rights leaders. In a recording obtained by The Intercept, Biden was unenthusiastic about executive action and warned against police reforms before Georgia's Senate runoffs. Okay, so you want to hear some of it? So here, and here's the audio. And so we would ask you to lend your voice and your strength and your influence and your power and your ability to reach across the aisle to try and pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. But failing that, we would ask you to pull from that act measures that can be enacted by executive order. You have the power to call for a national database on police misconduct. You have the power to ask for a registry that will allow people to easily search in public uh, multiple misconduct complaints against particular officers. Um, You have the ability to uh, impose a, a database around police killings and police shootings. And these are things that you can do by executive order. Okay, let me respond. So all those things, that's exactly true. He could do all those things just like that. And that's why before you pledge your vote for someone, you make sure he pledges to do that stuff for you if he wants your vote. 
Nobody did that. You weren't allowed to do that in 2016 because Trump, and you weren't allowed to do that in 2020 because Trump. You weren't allowed to demand from a politician something for your vote. And so now these black people just all voted for Joe Biden, and you heard what they demanded, what they're asking for him, because we already voted for you. I've already explained to those people, that's not how politics works. you got to get him to agree to shit before you give him your vote. They did it their own way, and watch what Joe Biden says back to them. Got to, I got to go. Let me respond. There's a lot to respond to here. Yeah, I got first. I got to go. Look, I'm awesome. Peace. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here, here's his response. Ready? Let's get something straight. You shouldn't be disappointed. What I've done so far is more than anybody else has done this far. Okay. Number one. <laughs> so they just said you shouldn't be disappointed. Okay. That's how he responds. <laughs> Look. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to be an asshole about it, all right? You got, I already got your vote. Fuck off. That's what he's saying, right, Ron? You want someone to be nicer, go go talk to the other Biden. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, there's a lot more to this, so here, let, let's play it. Number two, I mean what I say when I say it. I mean what I say when I say it. I'm the only person. What is this guy? He's guys. He's, guys, he's like Johnny two times from Goodfellas. I'm Ron. Is this guy? He says he says nothing, but then he repeats it. So like it seems like he said something like like let me say it: a tisket, a tasket, a green and yellow basket. A tisket, a tasket, a green and yellow basket. Like what the hell? It still doesn't mean anything, buddy. I mean what I say. Uh, okay, good for you. <laughs> Who's ever run? on three platforms that I was told could not possibly win the election, and I never ceased from it. One was on restoring the soul of this country because of what I saw happen in Charlottesville. That was it. No one else was talking about it. The words of presidents matter. Nobody else. No progressive. Nobody else was talking about Charlottesville? Wow. How many protests did you attend, Joe? <laughs> Are you going to lie about being there as the people you stood beside, too? Nobody was talking about Charlottesville. That's like saying nobody was talking about 9-11. That nobody was talking about Charlottesville. The whole country was talking about Charlottesville. What does he mean by that, Ron? Well, in fairness to him, he did run on some bold agendas like nothing will fundamentally change. <laughs> I mean, that's just. <laughs> Here's more was talking about i did i did that's it so that's his as they ask him to exercise his his executive authority and to do some executive actions that would help their community his response isn't of course i will his response is fuck off <laughs> i said some shit that should have been nice during the campaign that's it i'm done with you the fuck do you think that's what he sued. I'm not, I mean, what? that's not a stretch. It's both, It's the exact same tone. He's just not saying fuck. He's, a, he's like that bitter relative that like you, you ask for something and they just go on a tirade about something from their past <laughs> yes. that they shouldn't be patting themselves on the back for. You know, like, hey, Uncle George, can you not use the N-word? That's not appropriate. That's a really horrible thing to say. Can you not do that? Hey, look, I had a black coworker that I said good morning to for 30 years. Like, oh, okay, that has nothing to do with any. I can do this all day. <laughs> I could do this all day.
I can do this all day. This is this is fun for me. This is fun. It's hilarious. Again, LARP session, LARP, live action role play. So that means the old guard is literally telling you nothing at all, giving you no recourse, giving you no real choice or option. So you've voted for that? Wow, that's interesting. <clears throat> Here's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> I'm going to give you two more because I want you to remember China doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like China gives no fucks. Like one loser draw, guess what? On this planet far, far away, China doesn't care what you're doing. They don't care about these tariffs. They don't care. Here's why they don't care. Hear from them exactly what's going on. I want you to know. I want you to hear it. Because, I mean, it's not me saying it. I'm not saying this at all. I'm, I'm, I am just merely giving to you what I've been bestowed. You should hear what I've heard. Here's what I've heard. Hello and welcome to the Morningstar Investment Conference in London. I'm Lawrence Johnson and I'm here with Brian Byrne, a futurist and the president of Aviador and Associates. So thank you for joining us. Delighted to be here, Lawrence. So we just heard from you that the road and belt strategies espoused by the Chinese government is extremely threatening to uh, Western democracies and economies and we should abide by those at our own peril. So what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, it was interesting. One of the questioners in the session came to that point, and um, I think it's both a threat and an opportunity in wargaming terms. China is building a replica of the Marco Polo Silk Road combined with the Roman Empire, essentially, and they're bringing on board a number of countries, a number of players that historically have been very important in terms of world trade. They're now talking to Italy, which is quite interesting, as that was the seat of the Roman Empire. So yes, it's a threat, because their Belt and Road map doesn't include North America, interestingly. So it's where do we fit in the whole scheme. But uh, they certainly have thought this through. They've been working on it for six years now. They're recruiting other Southeast Asian in, uh, nations to invest, take on debt, to create this entire ecosystem, if you will of a new world trade system. So yes, it's important. So let's talk about the fangs. The fangs have been kind of together. They've learned to um, cohabitate in certain shared spaces. They've learned to compete with each other. But they're kind of losing steam now. Uh, the, growth, the growth factors that they were showing in the last few years has slowed down. So what should we be expecting from the FANGs over the next um, um, few years? So, Lawrence, I really believe the metric that's the most important to these FANGs are monthly active users and daily active users. They need to keep those growing. And they're starting to reach limits. It's called saturation, market saturation. Apple yesterday reported some fairly difficult results, and it's because most of the people that want an iPhone have it. So they've pivoted to other things like services, content, and so on. That can be a good bridge for a short period of time. But the fangs need to transform themselves. They need to 
compete now more and more as a, within the group, but also look at their Chinese twins, as I call them, Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, Didi Shuxing, and so on, and think about how do they close their geographic gaps in China. All of them have problems because China basically booted them out. And so Google, for example, they would love to be in with Baidu and have a shared business model in China. That's kind of the next step for them. Uh, if they want to be truly global and close all the gaps and keep growing, growth is paramount. So should we be expecting the FANGs to move into financial services? I believe so. And I'll use the example of Amazon because uh, Jeff Bezos came out of Wall Street. He was with D.E. Shaw, hedge fund of Wall Street, and he's always, he knows a lot about financial services. He came out of that world. And he's also been talking recently more and more about cryptocurrencies. So I could see a payment system like Amazon Coin. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It could happen. I could see them learning from Ant Financial in China and maybe teaming up and doing something around a cashless platform. I could see asset management uh, and banking the likes of a Revolut. Uh, I'm a big admirer of Revolut. I think they've done a really good job. What if Amazon said, okay, we're going to buy Revolut the way that we bought Whole Foods or uh, Twitch or one of the other acquisitions and all of a sudden, bang, they'd be in financial services. Great. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank Lawrence. Bye-bye. That's intense. Maybe we should learn more about where the old... All right, Cyrus, on your radar. Well, as you all know, one of the things that concerns me most about a Joe Biden presidency is how this administration is going to handle the Communist Party in China. And on that front, I believe that the results are going to be mixed. On one hand, you can generally say Trump's most successful win in Washington was changing the conversation around China. There are almost no elements of elite society outside of libertarian economists that will argue that allowing China unfettered access to U.S. markets is a good thing or that it is good for all of us if big business is wholly in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. This is an ideological victory and the frame through which the Biden administration is going to have to operate. But, and this is the big but, how exactly that manifests itself in policy is going to matter more than anything. And more and more, as we see the people inside the administration, I have a sinking feeling that on a practical level, nothing of real consequence will be done to hit China where it really hurts, which is their relationship and access to our largest financial institutions. One way that you can always tell how exactly someone's policy is being received versus rhetoric is to look at how the people who was supposedly be affected by such rhetoric are reacting. Now, if they're freaking out, it's fair to say it's probably legit. But if they're not, then they know exactly what empty talk looks like. Luckily for us, we actually have some insight into how exactly some in China are looking at a Biden presidency. The clip I'm about to show you is from Professor Di Dong Sheng. He is the Vice Dean of International Relations at Renmin University in China, Vice Director and Secretary of the Center for Foreign Strategic Studies of China, as well as a large, high-profile member of the Chinese Communist Party. He recently gave a talk in China, which was translated, and what he has to say is truly shocking. Let's take a listen. Chinese 
啊，这个建制派，他们跟华尔街的关系是非常密切的。所以大家看到吧，拜登的儿子被特朗普说你在全球有什么基金公司，发现没有？谁帮他建的基金公司啊？明白吗？这里边都有买卖啊。那么，所以这个。It's right there in the open. Chinese international relations professor, deep ties to the higher up in Beijing, saying this quiet part out loud, that the traditional political elite and establishment connected to Wall Street will be much easier to pressure in doing their bidding on a range of different public policies. And just so we're clear, I have run that translation by experts fluent in Chinese who tell me it is accurate. And I encourage you all to go watch that full clip because it makes it clear just how close Professor Dong Sheng is to the regime. He was tasked with setting up a book event for Xi Jinping in 2015, right here in Washington. He describes how hard it was to do so, how he ran into some obstacles that, at the last minute, it was taken care of by the head of an Asian global markets division at a major Wall Street bank. What is so disgusting about all of this is how out in the open it all is. A Chinese professor can just say it at the equivalent of a TED talk, and everybody's laughing. As for the banks themselves, they're shameless. In a new report from the Wall Street Journal, they basically sent a signal to China that they did all they possibly could during the trade war under Trump in order to undermine it. The journal describes how, in February 2018, when Beijing's chief negotiator was here in D.C. for trade negotiations, he convened a roundtable of Wall Street executives where he said, "Quote: We need your help." The people there were Larry Fink of BlackRock, David Solomon, number two at Goldman, and now the CEO and CEO of J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon. Literally, the most powerful people in finance. Now, according to the journal, the Chinese dangled something shiny in front of these banks. They told them, in exchange for their help in bringing political pressure to bear against Trump, they would then give these firms a new opportunity to expand in China and make money beyond their wildest dreams. And through aggressive lobbying, they were able to get something done that pleased their Chinese masters. The journal reports how J.P. Morgan was rewarded with full ownership of a venture in China. Morgan Stanley became controlling owners of their Chinese ventures. Citigroup won a custodian license of securities held by funds in the country, while BlackRock won preliminary approval to start wholly owned mutual fund businesses in China. Huge win. Last one is the most important, as it relates to how BlackRock CEO Larry Fink was very aggressive in letting the Chinese know that he would do anything, absolutely anything, to help them in Washington, as long as it meant he could get broader access to their markets. Well, viewers of this show may recall who exactly is Larry Fink's former chief of staff. Yes, you remember Wally Adamio. He's the former head of the Obama Foundation and Larry Fink's chief of staff, who was about to be the number two at the Treasury Department under Janet Yellen and Joe Biden. Wally is not going to be alone in Washington. He will be joined by Brian Deese, who will become the new Larry Kudlow of the Biden administration. Brian is joining the administration from where? You guessed it, BlackRock, as head of their climate investment team. The former apparatchiks of one of the largest fund managers in the world, and by all accounts, essentially someone who wants to sell this country out for a quick dollar, are now going to be some of the most powerful economic official in Joe Biden's Washington. And is it going to make a difference? Time's going to tell, but the Chinese certainly th- seem to think so. I, I found that clip really stunning, Crystal. <laughs> He's just like it's almost. I was like, wait a second, this can't be real, right? And I was like, I was like, <laughs> this is just too on the nose. No, ran it by a friend of mine who's an expert who speaks Chinese. He's covered the Chinese.、Uh, he's like, oh yeah, totally legit. He's like, I know Di Zhongsheng, all of that. 
The real gross part of this is when Di Zhongsheng is telling a story about politics and prose, a great bookstore here in D.C., yeah. where they hold events. Xi Jinping wanted to hold an event there in 2015. And so he was like, I went to the shop owner and I said, Xi Jinping wants to speak here on this date. And the shop owner apparently had been a journalist in Asia and hated China. Hmm. And he was like, the, the date's already booked up. So he was like, give me the name of the guy. And he goes, and I'll give him this. Yeah, he just says this out there. And he goes, well, I couldn't figure it out because this arrogant shopkeeper, that's what he calls him, he's like, wouldn't do what I asked him to do. And so I called the higher ups in Beijing and I said, this is a problem. A day later, they called me back. They said, it's all good. Go meet this woman. He goes, and I meet this white woman. And he uses anti-Semitic language in order to describe her and more. And she's like, she had a perfect Beijing accent. And she was the head of a global Asian operations at a major Wall Street bank. Do you and he keeps going to the audience. He's like, do you understand? That's yeah. how it works over there. And it's like, you know what? He just says it. You he says of, it outright. You kind of get yeah. the sense that they have a clearer understanding of how this country really works exactly. than, than we do ourselves. Yes. Because they've web I mean, what is the true seat of power in this country? Yeah. It's not really the government. No. It is Wall Street. Yes. It is corporate America. And so, you know, yeah, you look at the Biden administration staffed up with all these people. I was just looking at Cedric Richmond, who we've covered here. He's there a top go. advisor in the White House. Yeah. He told the um, the Wall Street Journal CEO Council that he hopes to be that conduit for CEOs straight into the White House. That is, Those were his words, promising to them that they're going to have a direct line into the White House. Where's the promise that working class people are going to have a direct line into the White House? But yeah, you get the sense. I mean, they've so effectively weaponized money and capitalism mm -hmm. against ourselves. And he says it. They just say it. He says yeah. it, and he lays it out right there. Yeah. Like, they actually really understand. We sort of lie to ourselves about yeah. what this country is really about. No, they see it very clearly. Mm -hmm. And so are able to exploit that and use it to their own ends. And, yeah, look, the Biden administration, I mean, it's grotesque. And, look, I get it. This is the way that administrations are always staffed up. Trump administration on all kinds of Wall Street cronies as well and business as usual yeah. types. So I'm not saying this is unusual, but that doesn't make it any less grotesque that person after person after person is on major corporate boards, Wall Street, private equity, hedge funds, just every single one of them. And part of why that is, is because they're all so quick after <clears throat> the Obama administration, they were all yes. so quick to run out and cash in on their quote unquote public service. Like that's really what they're doing here. They're all in it to make money. And so when it comes to staffing administration, if you're gonna look to the the like standard issue democratic establishment types, they're all corrupt. Yeah, Every and, single one of and them. And take a look, like Wally is the perfect example. He was in the Obama administration, senior international economic advisor in the National Security Council, chief negotiator of TPP under Obama, right? Which sold out so much of American business. Then leaves the administration, becomes chief of staff to Larry Fink, BlackRock fund manager, leaves that to become head of the Obama Foundation, mm -hmm. and now number two at the Treasury Department. This is huge. I mean, again, BlackRock. Like it, the, people were saying, the Trump, the Trump White House was Goldman's time in the uh, in the yeah. barrel. It's like now it's BlackRock's time. <laughs> yeah, because now you got Brian Deason there, you got Wally Damio, and look, as we all know, it's really about who has your phone number. So whenever Wally's former boss, Larry Fink, is like, hey, can you maybe hold off on this in order to you know make sure that we're okay in this deal with China? I think he's gonna say yes. And the reason I know that is because 
All of those Wall Street guys were rewarded by the Chinese for doing exactly that with the Trump administration, with that trade deal. And the Trump administration, look, I'll always give them credit for the trade war and so much more. There were several carve-outs for major financial institutions, yep. and they were gifted billions of dollars in Chinese capital for lobbying. You think they don't have this down to a science? And you can just see how this is going to escalate itself um, over the next couple of years. I, I, look, I mean, sometimes you find a clip that just says it all. Yeah. And, and that's he's just out there in public at a TED Amazing. Talk. And he's just like, yeah. He's like, Biden's corrupt and we're going to use it. And he even said, he's like, yeah, maybe we'll give him a little gift on the first day because that's how these things work. The Hunter Biden comments. Yeah. <laughs> As well, right. which we weren't supposed to talk yeah. about the during way, the yeah. election. That was off. That, that was don't debunked. Tell, don't that tell was Adam all Schiff. debunked. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell Adam Schiff. No, I mean, look, right. we know how solicitous the Obama administration was of Wall Street. Terrible. If they even mildly, remember they, Obama would like so mildly, gently criticize yeah. Wall Street and they'd be like, oh my God, yeah. class <laughs> warfare, how could you? And he'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I think we all know how this is going to go. Yeah, that's right. All right. I'm looking forward to your radar next, Crystal. Yep. And we'll take a break. Okay, so we're going to finish this up. Now, I got a couple more pieces here, but again, we have to remember we're being played with. Our minds are being skewed. And a lot of this isn't even politics, because remember, a lot of what's happened this year was social. It was us standing against something, us angry, going out into the street. Well, you know, again, if you want to take over a country, you know, in this LARP session in, on another planet far, far away, a time far, far away from now, there's going to be a group that would have to be made on one side that fights harder for certain things, but not for everything. Do we have an example of that? I don't know. I don't know. We, we need to check if we have an example of that. So I'm not sure if we do. Maybe we should check. Let's take a look. While the burning and looting has shocked the nation, it's also divided those on the front lines of the protests. Ain't nobody coming to protect us. Let me tell you we got to start our own life. I understand. But let me tell you something right here. This 16. He's 16. Oh they gonna kill him next He's 16. What we gonna do? You tell me. What we gonna but do? This ain't the way. Many see this as opportunistic looting, taking advantage of a stretched police force and nothing to do with the actual protest. But President Trump sees a far-left conspiracy to attack American values, and he singled out the left-wing Antifa group, saying it was responsible for the violence and destruction. He tweeted, The United States of America will be designating Antifa as a terrorist organisation. These people are anarchists. There are elements of Antifa who in recent years have armed themselves to combat what they see as a threat of fascism and racism. It's a loose alliance of like-minded groups with no formal structure or leadership. I mean, come on, you got a guy with a hat on that's like for care, it's, a, it's the symbol for health care, for nursing, medics, and he's the one throwing the punch. We have successfully seen the disintegration of America. I mean, this is really the easiest way I could say it. But if if that's happening, 
again, on a planet far, far away in a time, not now, in this LARP session, we have to start asking ourselves again, what's the play? Like what, what's the, something else is going on here. Something, something's not fitting. Again, all these moving pieces, it's like they don't match up. Like they're not, they're just not making sense. Something is wrong. Have been isolated you know? attack. Something, something's incorrect here. So we have to find out where would one group try to completely ruin the other group and what could that cause like what what would happen if everything goes right for one side and how they want to completely remove one power to assume the power that they have again the federation has to be tricky here so let's find out they've been calling for donald trump to be arrested over and over again and it's not just the manhattan da launching these investigations it's the likes of Jimmy Kimmel saying uh, Trump should be arrested after despicable election speech. November 6, 2020, a high profile late night personality of low information, mind you, saying something extremely dangerous. Quote, we are watching a presidency bleed out in real time right now, the host said on his eponymous late night show. They say Stephen Colbert was not the only late night host to express anger and outrage over Donald Trump's attempt to subvert the election. On Jimmy Kimmel Live, host Jimmy Kimmel also went hard after the president for his speech at the White House on Thursday night, which Kimmel said was Trump's latest attempt at choking democracy to death, saying, I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win, Trump said falsely on Thursday night. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. His speech was so filled with groundless allegations, claims Vanity Fair, that the uh, ABC, CBS, and NBC stopped broadcasting his comments. We are at war with words. They're subverting your think to make you think what he's saying is so bad, you have to arrest him. This has never happened before. Are you are, are people not realizing what I'm what what I'm doing here? I mean. This is on a planet far away. This is a time not now. And in this LARP session, we have to remember, you've been played. You've been given false information and all of the media channels have been confirmed to remove his information, even if what he was saying is true. Now, let's say it is all false. If it's all incorrect, why hasn't the Democratic Party filed a lawsuit in order and defamation? Uh, I mean, they could say, hey, look, we, we are a entity that will not take you saying these falsehoods. Why haven't, why hasn't that lawsuit come up yet? Hmm. Oh, um, a couple other key people who I'm wondering why they're not talking. Um, Hunter Biden, hmm. You'd assume he'd come out and say something. Silence. Um, Attorney Barr, here's what's odd about this. He comes out and says, there's no, issues with the process. And after saying those other words, I'm not going to say them here, but he said there was no issues with the process. He says there's no evidence. And then quits. Hmm. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> quits. Like it doesn't get fired. It's not it's not a, a Trump move. Hey, I don't like what you did. I'm gonna fire you. No, he quit. 
straight up resigned. Can't, went out there, said some words, resigned. No one's called him for that. And no one's asked him where he has that evidence. If you have evidence of the otherwise, show that, right? That would be what happens in court. You would be asked to prove your evidence. Hmm. It's funny how they don't do it the other way around. You know, if, if, if you if you say one guy won, like, prove it. But if you say, hey, uh, you know, well, this guy who's assuming power, he he didn't he you know prove to me where he won. Crickets. Um, so if the software was an issue, and if there was a software problem. We haven't heard from the people who make the software. You know what's fun is um there's actually an analyst that like designed some of the original framework for the system. He explains this was not what it was intended for. Yes, yeah, it's, it's possible to make changes to the system, but they're not using it for what it was intended for. And he not only authored the handbook on how to how to work the machine, but he has a lot to do with the actual patent that was from the 80s before these machines. That was back when these were Diebold. They were Diebold voting machines. Look it up. So I'm going to just throw out one more here. I mean, the voting supervisors haven't come out and said that everything was false either. You haven't heard from any voting supervisor at any voting polling location that says what's being said here is incorrect this this thing went down perfectly everything that happened went down perfectly hmm <clears throat> i haven't heard that um we are still looking at the electoral college as well so yes it is very important tomorrow monday 14th it will be a vote this is when the electoral college gets together and they make a actual factual decision not the media just saying words they will make a decision. They will come to a vote. That vote can be then ratified in Congress, and the Senate would have to meet as well. The Senate has not been has not been decided. Remember, based on some of these votes, some Senate seats are still up for question. There still isn't. There's nothing in stone right now, and I think that's what's really bothering people. Um, people will take to the streets. This is gonna be this is gonna be nuts. It's gonna be bad. But here's the thing: be smart. If you've listened to anything I've said in this LARP session, you have to understand you're just being played. You're being mentally manipulated. So what what are we supposed to do in a situation like that? Hmm. What do you do when all of the systems are against you? Hmm. All at the same time. Like all of the systems are all against you all at the same time. Hmm. Let's find something. One of my favorite pieces ever because it is so correct when everything's against you at once the media the people the the, the source of where data comes from and how you're supposed to feel there's only one way to change it and boy i tell you Simpsons always are always ahead. The Simpsons are always ahead. Get over it. I can't help it. I can't help it. Take it from them. They they were warning us earlier.
to stop those monsters. One, two, three. Here's a fresh new way that's trouble free. It's got Paul Anka's guarantee. Guarantee void in Tennessee. Just don't look. Just don't look. Remember, the monsters have come alive, have manipulated your think, and are tearing your city apart. What do you do? Well, the Simpsons, once again, ahead of time, they warned us early. Except for Chubsy Ubsy over there. Mm, Sprinkles. Homer, stop looking! Don't make us poke your eyes out, Dad! Oh. Be the change, guys. It's my last takeaway. Be the change. Be different. Be something else. Don't just roll with what you're being told and better yet look up what you're being told let's find out if it's actually factual ask questions i don't know get a new wrinkle or something till the next one right <laughs>